You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code Gators to double your first deposit. Only at mybookie.ag. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you day after Florida's big upset win over number seven, Utah, 29-26. In the swamp, the swamp was a difference. The the crowd was a difference. This team was a difference. What a what, what a difference uh, a, a season makes. Uh, so, a lot to be excited about coming off the heels of that victory. Big big win for Billy Napier in his first game as Gators head coach. That was that was a lot of fun, huh? <laughs> right from right from the get go, right out of the gate. Uh, beating a, a very good Utah team. Credit to that team right there. Uh, the game played out about like I thought it would. Uh, if you go back to last week's uh, preview, I said 30-27 Florida. I was a point off both ways right there. So, yeah, it, it played out exactly or very, very close uh, to how I, thought it, how I thought it would play out. The matchup issues Utah presented, they played out that way. Uh, but in the end, it was the Gators making the big plays, not giving up, keep fighting. That'd be a, a topic, of course, but so much fun, so much fun there to get this college football season started, to get Billy Napier, his first year started, this era started a Gator football. Look, there was a lot of excitement coming in, and uh, if it was, if it was at a, if it was already at a level 10, well, you know, it somehow has, has broken Ten, you know, I've, uh, it's if you want to put it at like an eight or a nine, well, it's definitely at a ten right now as the Gators get the big, big win over top ten Utah. So, plenty to get into right here with this episode of Gators Breakdown. If this is your first time joining us on a Sunday recap episode, you know, it's uh, I have especially with the way that the, the timing played out. I haven't rewatched the game yet, so of course we'll have 
a little more on our Monday episode. Will Miles would join me. But this episode, kind of initial reaction, everything I kind of just remember off the top of my head or just some note taken, looking at some stats. Haven't got a chance to rewatch, so you know, focusing in on some specific players that will have to wait. But this is just to kind of revel in the victory. Enjoy it. That's another thing. Enjoy this one, Gator fans. This was a big, big-time victory. I, it can't be overstated. I, I was giving Utah all the credit in the world coming into this game. I thought, I thought, and I still think Utah is a very good team. And you know what? Florida's a good team as well. <laughs> you know, playing at home, did it help? Absolutely it helped. So much so. Also, but this is Billy Napier's first game as Gators head coach. Playing at home, you know, of course, you'd love to have that advantage. It, it made it a little easier for the Gators right there. Uh, but, you know, you, you take all that into account, and, of course, that goes a long way in the Gators getting that upset victory. But credit to Utah, really good team coming in here, uh, good fan base. They, they showed up. They showed out very well. A lot of Utah fans in the swamp, they wanted to take this road trip, of course, and, and see SEC football and Florida Gator football up close, and, boy, did they, did they get that atmosphere. So credit, if you were in the stadium, credit to you. If you were screaming your head off, credit to you. You made a difference. You see all these Utah fans. You see the Utah media out there. You know, they, okay, yeah. This, this SEC experience, it lives up to it. It absolutely lives up to it. There was nothing disappointing about what Utah saw Saturday night in the swamp. Everything they heard about the crowd, everything they've heard about this style of play, everything that they've heard about how much we care about the game of college football, they saw it on full display Saturday night. And luckily, we get the – we own the – of the uh, victory side of things. We're the, the, we get to be a little happier uh, about it. Now, with the way this game played out, if it had played out the same way and Utah scores at the very end, you know, I think we would probably feel a little bit better about this Gator program uh, than probably some felt coming into the season, but the victory makes this, this makes it taste all that much sweeter. This was a big victory. You know, first-year head coaches, you get a little bit of house money. You, you, you really do. You never know what you're getting with first-year head coaches. Go back and look at Nick Saban at Bama, Kirby Smart in Georgia, two of the best coaches in the country, definitely two of the best coaches in the SEC, coaches in the SEC right now, did not, that did not have the first years of, you know, if, if you took a blind resume or you know, a blind college football fan or somebody who's just getting into college football and they see Nick Saban, they see Kirby Smart, they probably would have no idea those guys struggled in year one of, of those builds. Well, Billy Napier's off to, to, to a great start, and you know we'll see what it amounts to. Sometimes these fast starts don't amount to anything. We'll see. Uh, the, a victory or a loss one way would not have indicated what's going to be in the future uh, for, for, for Billy Napier. But we'll take this. We'll take this. We'll enjoy it. You guys enjoy it. Believe me, I am. I want you to as well. Uh, so many questions. So many questions for, the, for, for Florida. There was so much unknown coming into this game, and a lot more known on the Utah side of things. But so much unknown of first-year head coach Billy Napier. How would the offense look? How would the defense look? What would the offense look like? What would the defense look like? Who's going to step up? What names are we going to hear? There was, we, we didn't know. We, we, we knew we would hear Anthony Richardson's name, and luckily we heard it a lot. We knew we would hear some defenders' names that were out there, and we heard their names a lot. But there was just still so much unknown that we just needed to see play out Saturday night. We got our first look, and that first look is a 29-26 victory over Utah. 
So everybody, all right, thanks for hopping in right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Hit that like button. Lots of you in here. I'm so glad you're excited joining me right here on this Labor Day Sunday. You probably don't even have to work tomorrow, or some of you don't have to work tomorrow, but, uh, you know, just, and I didn't, you know, I didn't even know when I was going to go live today. Got home really, really late, um, two o'clock in the morning, of course, had to catch up on social media and, and enjoy the victory a little bit more before I went to sleep. So a good three o'clock in the morning before I go to sleep, wake up in the, in the morning, spend some time with the family, have some coffee that tasted oh so good this morning after a victory, and then coming back here uh, with this episode for you guys. So yeah, uh, over 300 of you live right now. Hit that like button. Subscribe. You get notification. You can hit that bell, get notifications when we go live like this. So you know, Sundays, it, it, you know, it varies uh, when I go live, just how much work I can get in, how much work I need to put in uh, for these type of episodes. So subscribe, get that notification. You'll know when we go live. Leave a comment. I know comments going crazy right now, too. A lot of excitement out there. Do your part. Keep that conversation going. You can keep it going also on Gators Breakdown Plus. That Discord is live and active right now. So good and so fun talking to the fans during the game in there last night. Gators Breakdown Plus members, uh, like I said, extra episodes as well this during the season. So link is in the description to join Gators Breakdown Plus. All right, let's get a drink of water right there and... <clears throat> Let's get into this game. A couple highlights. Or a few highlights, a few some notes. Billy Napier becomes the first Gators head football coach to defeat a ranked opponent in his first game. Florida's defeat of number seven Utah is tied for Florida's highest ranked victory in the season opener. We talked about this last week. It's the second time that an unranked Gators team has defeated a top 10 opponent in a season opener. Both we're ranked number seven. Florida defeated number seven Houston 59 to 34 in 1969. The Gators improved to 3 and 0 against ranked opponents in the swamp in season openers. 59, 34 over Houston there, of course. And then number 16, Florida, 17, number 15, Miami in 1982. Florida extended its nation leading. Home opener winning streak to 33 consecutive victories. The last loss in the season opener in the Swamp, 1989 versus Ole Miss. Florida's lost just one season opener. Go back to 2017, of course, losing to Michigan in Dallas. Let's go to uh, Superstar. Superstar of the game. couple notes here. We'll get into some stats uh, as well later on this episode. Some news, some notes, some, some game review. Going back to the preview, so all those key stats that I put out there, plenty, plenty coming up right here on Gators Breakdown. But let's start. Quarterback, Anthony Richardson, new career high, three rushing touchdowns in a single game, becoming the first Florida quarterback to rush for three-plus TDs in a contest since Emory Jones versus Vanderbilt in 2019. So it's a big step up in competition compared to the 2019 Vanderbilt, huh? Richardson's the first FBS quarterback to rush for three touchdowns in a game this season. So they go back to week zero, week one so far <clears throat> for that stat. Richardson, of, Richardson is one of three Florida quarterbacks since 1996 to rush for three touchdowns and pass for 
plus yards in the same game. Joining Jesse Palmer, kind of, he's he's one you wouldn't really expect there in that. And of course, Tim Tebow, who did it twice. Richardson is one of five quarterbacks to rush for three touchdowns in a game since 1996. Driscoll, Jones, Palmer, Tebow, twice. Richardson, new career high in single-game passing yards with 168, topping his previous best last year, of course, 167 on the road at LSU. Scored his first touchdown of the season with that two-yard touchdown rush in the last drive of the first quarter, and then, of course, later erupted for that 45-yard touchdown run, setting up for a pass, but catches Utah in some man coverage. Their backs are turned. Thought that would be an issue. Played out for a big touchdown for the Gators. Richardson's 13 career touchdowns, seven passing, six rushing. He has three 45-plus-yard touchdown runs, seven scores of 25-plus yards, five scores of 40-plus yards. That means more than half of Richardson's career touchdowns have been scored from outside the red zone. You guys know I'm a big, big, big explosive plays, you know, stat matter guy. They're, and you see it on display with Anthony Richardson here. Explosive plays help so much, make it so much easier. You know, it's hard. Look at Utah last night. Look at Utah. How many times they have to drive, 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 and we'll get into it in a strong stance by the defense. It's the explosive plays that were the difference with the Gators. Tonight marked the um, last night marked the first time Richardson accounted for a touchdown in a game in which he started. Of course, his only second career start, his first career start last year versus Georgia, not the best start, but you know, a little bit of blame to go to the last coach there. But scoring top ten Utah, making a second career start. Anthony Richardson was on full. Display, rushed for 100-plus yards in the third time in his career for the second consecutive season opener. Richardson's first 100-yard rushing performance since week two of the 2021 season when he rushed for 115 on four carries at USF. So there we go, of course. Had to take a look at Anthony Richardson, what he was able to do. Let's take a look at the overall stats here. So much to look at. Very, very close game, equal game. Pretty much what I expected. Utah come in ready to play. Was the atmosphere a difference? Absolutely, but Utah handled it very well. They, they really did. They, they came in and played very well for a very electric swamp. So, total yards. 451 to 446, only a five-yard difference in favor of the Gators. Utah passing for more yards than Florida, 216 to 168. Here we go, though, the difference. Rushing yards, 283 for the Gators, 230 for Utah. We knew the style of play both teams wanted to play. I mentioned many times these teams were very mirror images of each other and how they want to approach the game of football. 
some electric quarterbacks. We saw Cam Riley do some great things as well, some great quarterbacks that can keep plays alive. But both teams wanted to lean on the offensive line and the running backs and even the quarterbacks and picking up rush yards. So no surprise, honestly, to see well over 200 yards for both teams. Penalties, of course, was a hot topic in this game. Florida called seven for I mean, only 38 yards, so no major yardage there. But some of them, of course, ticky-tacky or wouldn't call them on the same kind on Utah. A lot of missed holding calls on Utah in the first half. The Speaking of refs, the ridiculous no-catch where the ball clearly falls on the ground. I mean, I think the refs, uh, can you put it on Napier maybe a little bit to call a timeout and get it looked at? If you want to sell me on that, okay. More for me, the refs clearly should have stopped and reviewed that play. Thankfully, didn't make a difference. First down, Utah two more than Florida, 25-23. Both teams pretty good on third down, 7-12 for the Gators. Look, in, 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 in Billy Napier's first game, coming out versus this type of opponent and that type of defense. Third down was kind of a worry of, uh, of mine. Florida was 7-12. I'd absolutely take that. 8-13 for Utah. We'll, re- we'll, we'll revisit that. Remember, I, I brought up third down last week on the preview. Worth looking at. The big one, really, really big, fourth downs, Utah 0-1. The goal line stand, of course, for the Gators. Fourth down for the Gators, 2-4-2. Two two. Very, very instrumental, especially on that last drive. Total plays, Utah 8 more, 71 for them, 63 for the Gators. Average yards per play. Remember I talked about the explosiveness and how, how different it, would, it ended up being right here. I mean, 7.2 to 6.3, it does seem very close, of course. You know, total yards, when you look at it, very, very close too. But a couple more of those big plays for Florida, the difference right there, you see the average yards per play, especially for average yards per rush. Florida, 9.9 yards per completion, so pretty much a first down every completion. Utah, the same at 9.8. Average yards per rush, 7.3 for the Gators, 4.9 for Utah. You don't even have to adjust for sack yardage because neither team got a sack. Mostly credit to the quarterbacks there. Offensive lines did play well. They gave both quarterbacks plenty of time. Rising a little, I mean, that that kid is slippery. I tell you, he kept so many plays alive for Utah. Anthony Richardson doing the same. We knew we knew that was a factor. His legs were going to be a factor in rushing and in passing situations, being able to keep plays alive. The two-point conversion, of course, where amazing play. Gets Diabate and another Utah defender to bite on a pump fake, a crazy-looking pump fake. AR escapes, finds on Frazier for the two-point conversion. But both quarterbacks being able to contribute to no sacks for either defense. Something else very important that should not be overlooked whatsoever. Red zone. Gators three for three, making it count when it matters. Utah, goal line stand for the Gators defense, having to settle for field goals. There you go. We'll get into the defense a bit, of course, and you know, where, 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 of course where they can be better. 
but so much to look forward to on the on the, on, on defense there as far as standing strong. Time of possession, 32-17 for Utah, 27-43 for the Gators. The Gators, one turnover, almost two. Thankfully, Trevor Etienne recovers his fumble. Uh, but the game starts with the first drive for the Gators. Montreal Johnson fumbling, of course, leading to that first Utah touchdown. As I mentioned there, no sacks. Tackles for loss was very, very limited as well. So now, let's go. Take a look. Oh, my window is all weird here. Let's see. All right, so let's get to some player-specific stats. Anthony Richardson, 17-24, 168 yards passing. No passing touchdowns. A huge issue there. Would like to see the ball pushed down the field a bit more, go back to the spring game. That was not really... Uh, 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 too much of uh, emphasis either. Uh, Florida tried to take their shots. Uh, just wasn't really there. I'll go back on the on the replay and maybe see if there was some misses there or just you know just um, you know, and how much Florida tried. But seventy one percent completion percentage right there for Anthony Richardson receiving. Xavier Henderson led the way with six catches, 41 yards. But Ricky Pearsall, four catches, 67 yards. And all four of Ricky Pearsall's catches went for a first down. It's the type of play you expected when you got him. Like, it's not really many explosives in the passing game. Not down the field too much. Not many catch and runs that, that went along, like, you know, like the tight ends we saw in the spring game. Tight ends not very involved. Uh, altogether, you see Keon Zipperer there with only one catch, but... Ricky Pearsall comes in, and right away, first drive, you see it. And then the what, the third and 15 completion, I believe, was Richardson to Pearsall. When that was, as I said, every one of them went for a first down to Pearsall. That was the biggest. Four catches, 67 yards for him. Justin Shorter, two catches. Trevor Etienne comes in. We'll definitely talk more about him, but two catches. Montreal Johnson, Keon Zipper, Dejon Reynolds with one as well. Go to those rushing numbers, and of course, there's the game for the Florida offense. Anthony Richardson, 11 rushes, 106 yards, three touchdowns. Of course, the long of 45 on the broken pass play goes for a touchdown, 9.6 yards carry. Montreal Johnson, way to bounce back. A lot of trust there, too, from the coaches. A lot of trust in him. That early fumble, did it, it absolutely cost the Gators. Utah goes on and scores after a fumble recovery that goes all the way back to the 25, I believe. But Montreal Johnson comes in later in the game, very instrumental, some big runs, some chunk runs, scores a touchdown, 12 attempts, 75 yards, 6.3 yards of carry. Trevor Etienne, I know we, we, we absolutely have to hit on this. We absolutely have to go back. Depth chart gets released on Sunday, and it's Naquan Wright. It's Montreal Johnson. And then at third, it's not Lorenzo Lingard. It's Trevor Etienne. And there was a lot of hoopla about that. There was a lot of, I'll, I'll come out and say it, not trusting the coaches for what we saw on the depth chart. And we saw it live and in color in 4K, in HD, however you want to do that. Why Trevor Etienne was out there on the field. 
five carries, 64 yards, 12.8 yards a carry, along of 21. The true freshman comes in and makes an immediate impact, a bigger impact than I think we all saw coming. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It was a bit of a surprise to see him third on the depth chart, but I wasn't getting too worked up about it, and I like Lorenzo Lingard. <laughs> but I was... We were hearing, and I got—I shared it with you guys, that ETN was making some moves late in fall camp. And I know people will come out and say, you know, I don't trust fall camp notes and all that. I, I get that thought. We, we've been burnt by that. Every, every school's burnt by that a whole lot. But to hear that from people I trust, and then to see the depth chart release, and he's third on the depth chart, okay. We can we can get behind this. And now we're even more behind it, of course, after what Trevor Etienne comes in as a true freshman and does. Once again, five carries, 64 yards, almost 13 yards a carry. Thankfully, he recovers his own fumble <laughs> there late in the game. That was, that was a scary moment. But, man, it's so good seeing some freshman skill players out there making some plays. Naquan Wright, 10 carries, 39 yards. Did some nice things early in the game as well. His long was 14 yards. Let's go switch it to the Utah side. You guys can hear it. My voice still struggling a little bit with all the sign of stuff, but let's go. I'm ready. Just got to take a swig of water every now and then. All right, excuse me there. Cam Rising. Let's go to the Utah, yeah, Utah side of things. Boy, I tell you, that was, um, that was one right there. Um, we'll look at it in more detail in just a few minutes. But all these players that we pinpointed out and all the worry that we had, it played out that way, didn't it? The players Florida had to worry about on this Utah offense, it played out exactly that way. Start with quarterback Cam Rising, 22 of 32, 216 yards, one touchdown, one interception, of course, there at the end of the game. Huge, huge play by Amari Bernie. 69% completion percentage there for Cam Rising. The guy just kept plays alive over and over. Very slippery, very smart. I mean, he, uh, he hurt. He hurt Florida a lot. I mean, just when you thought you might get a sack, just when you thought you'd have him wrapped up, he'd find a way to escape. Made some big, big plays. We'll get into his rushing. I mean, his rushing numbers too. Seven attempts, 91 yards. Now, I knew he was slippery. I knew we'd have to worry about his legs. I'll, I'll bring that stat up. But, man, did not. Did not see that coming. Killed Florida with his legs. Designed runs, broken plays and passes, as, as I said. Cam Rising's the real deal. 
And then let's go to the receiving. And player I kept bringing up on the pod, on Twitter, on Gators Breakdown Plus, Brent Keithy. You could see it. You could see it. And look, I know, I know Amari Bernie struggled most of the night there in coverage. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. 90% of the linebackers out there are going to struggle covering Brent Keithy. There was a reason I kept pinpointing him out. There was a reason his name was brought up all week long in previewing this game. I knew it was going to be a mismatch issue. And a lot of linebackers out there would have that same issue. Now, I know going back to Amari's Bernie past and struggling in pass coverage a bit and playing linebacker, I thought he did some nice things in run, in run, in run support. Filled the hole a couple times. Hit harder than I've seen him hit before. Did he struggle in pass coverage? Yeah, he did. Hopefully he gets better there, but he's not going to play many tight ends like he played last night. And then comes up with the big play at the end, of course. But Brant Keithy, nine catches, led the way, far, far and away, the most targeted receiver for Utah. Nine catches, 105 yards, one touchdown. He was targeted 13 times. 11.7 yards a catch. Now, the second lead receiver was a running back. Five catches for Micah Bernard, 31 yards. Devon Vallee was the leading wide receiver. Only three catches for 36 yards. Because Dalton Kincaid, who was fourth, had two catches. He's another tight end. So, rising had to rely on, of course, and I told you guys, like, it's going to be a short passing game. He's going to get the ball out. It was going to get the ball out to the tight ends and then had to rely, I think, on, because Florida was getting pressure. Of course, they didn't get the sacks, of course. Early on, I thought the pressure was pretty good, but rising just so slippery, so smart, so cerebral of kind of when to break a play down. But... No really surprise when you go back and look at it, the way we previewed how Utah uses their tight ends and how they would just, I think, jumbo, I mean, six offensive linemen (laughs) sometimes as well, but going to the the receiving part of it and these two tight ends, Keithy and Kincaid, we knew those guys were going to be huge. But four of the top receivers, two tight ends and a running back. What two worried about those Utah receivers, as I said? Vele was the one that was brought up. Last week. We'll go to Utah rushing and Tavion Thomas, of course, you saw that big body out there at running back and Florida did okay in the first half, but in the second half, he unleashes 23 carries total, 115 yards, one touchdown, had a 22-yard long run, averaged five yards a carry. Mentioned one more time, Cameron Rising, seven attempts, 91 yards, pretty much carrying the Utah rushing attack right there. 39 carries, 230 yards, two touchdowns for the Utah rushing attack. There you go. There was your uh, stat look, overall stat look. Both sides. You're taking a look right there at both sides and how this game broke out. But of course, we got plenty more. We got plenty more. But before we get there, Winning season. Hey, look, winning season return for the Gators, but it's return for you as well. 
College football is kicking off this weekend. The NFL is right around the corner. Whether you're a season better or a first-timer, MyBookie gets you the most for your money with double deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. All you got to do, head to MyBookie.ag. Sign up. Use promo code GATERS on your first deposit, and you'll instantly double your money with MyBookie. It's pretty simple. A $250 deposit puts $500 in your account, and you can use your funds to bet on as many individual games, contests, or props as you want. Bet on team win totals. Predict the Super Bowl winner. Or use the MyBookie Prop Builder to give yourself an edge that you need to secure the bag. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Uh, yeah, so let's go more to storylines of this game, away from the stats a bit, some more uh, included here, of course, but just the resolve of this team. Uh, fighting back from that early turnover. I mean, that could have been, a, you know, for this team, it could have been a, oh, here we go again. You know, dating back to, to, to last year, you get the turnover, Utah goes scores. Nah. Shake it off. Took a couple drives, of course, for Florida to get back there, but they were driving. They were driving that first drive, of course, you could tell. Big run by Montreal Johnson bowls over a Utah defender, but ends up fumbling the ball. Long return, but didn't shake the Gators. End up taking the lead in the halftime, 14-13, after being down 7-0. Utah started that first drive, great field position. I think it was the 25-yard line, if I'm not mistaken. Defense held strong the rest of the first half. Ben, don't break defense. The storyline of the game right there on that side of the ball. Utah settling for field goals, that goal line stand, the interception at the end of the game. I mean, the two back-to-back field goal drives for Utah – Long drives, but the Gators just held strong. 11 plays, 50 yards, taking up 5 minutes and 13 seconds. Field goal. Very next drive for Utah, 8 plays, 25 yards, taking up 4 minutes and 40 seconds. Didn't find the end zone that time either. Then a couple of drives later, the very first drive of the second half, Utah just comes out and they put it on Florida. Up and down the field, and look, a switch was flipped. I mean, I thought Florida's defense did pretty good stopping the run in the first half. I'll get into some stats there, but, I mean, they did. The stats even show it, too. But Utah, credit to them. They were a different team as far as running the ball in the second half. Up and down the field, but once again, the defense doesn't break. That very first drive after halftime, you could see, you could see it. Utah was, they were a little bit different. They came out of halftime different. But Florida holds strong, goal line stand after 11 play, 71-yard drive that took five minutes and 52 seconds. Defense almost on the field for six minutes to start the second half. Two touchdown drives in a row after for Utah after that, but then the final drive ends with the Bernie interception. Resolve. I mean, trust, trust in the, you know, coaches keep asking them what they're doing, putting them in position. It might not look good, but don't, don't give up on the drives. Hold them to those ever-so-important field goals. Get that goal line stand, get the turnover at the end. What's a tale of two halves for the defense? Utah had only 134 total yards of offense. 
in the first half. Only 59 rushing yards, averaging 4.2 yards a rush. Against that team, you, you take that. Against that offense, I guess, especially how we saw it play out. If that would have played out for the rest of the game, Florida would have won by a couple scores here. So, I mean, defense did a pretty good job in the first half. Then they used, as I said, second half. Started bulldozing Florida up front. Utah had 312 of their 446 total yards in the second half, led by a run game going for 171 yards and 6.8 yards of rush in the second half. Utah held the ball 18 minutes and 27 seconds compared to 11 minutes, 33 seconds for the Gators in the second half. I know those boys are tired on that side of the ball. You know, every defense, every worry, <clears throat> excuse me, every worry we had about this defense in, in the second half showed up. Where every, def- you know, every, every, every worry we had about this defense that showed up in the second half. The defensive line, you know, the depth, of course, that played a factor into, but, you know, it didn't, not a lot of big plays there, even by Jervon Dexter and some of those you know, other guys. Desmond Watson showed some nice things, but, of course, you could tell was just getting tired out there. Your Brenton Cox, so up and down, still struggling with the run there, sometimes biting on those fake handoffs to the running back. Every, every, every worry we had up front, it played out in the second half, but Gators still strong. A couple more. So if we go back and look at some of the stats, you know, I, wanted to t- I wanted to talk to defense there for a second. We mentioned Richardson went through the stats, what we liked about the offense, ETN, Pearsall, but I want to go back to the review episode about how this game played out. So as I said, you know, I picked Florida 30-27. was a point off both ways. Almost nailed it. Almost nailed it. <clears throat> but Cam Rising, as I mentioned, he had 6.7 yards per carry last year. That was first among Power 5 quarterbacks with 70 or more carries. Well, as I mentioned there, they had 13 yards per carry. That was about double <laughs> what he was averaging last year. Florida still finds a way to win. Remember the stat last week, too? Camera rising. 10 touchdowns to zero interceptions in true road games. Game ended with a pick. Should have even had one before that, of course. Ventro Miller, who... Played very well in his first game back. Instrumental there in that run defense, of course. Had some big tackles. Had some big tackles after on, on uh, short passing plays as well. Was in position. Should have had that interception there at the end. It shouldn't have come down to the the you know, the goal line interception there by Amari Bernie. I mean, Ventro's kicking himself there. I mean, that was it was wrapped up right there. It was wrapped up a little earlier. But there you go. Ten touchdowns, zero interceptions last year for Rising. 
all in true road games. But as we have said the whole time, as many were saying the whole time, you know, the swamp's a little bit different. A little bit different down here. Throws that interception to Mark Burney to seal the game for the Gators. Now, this one was an interesting one here. Utah was 23-0 over the last eight seasons when it converts 50% or more of its third down chances. That one didn't work out for the Utah this time. They were 8-13 of 13 on third down, well, well, well over 50%, and Florida wins. Utah was 23-0 over the last eight seasons coming into this game when they convert 50% or more on third downs. They did it again last night, but they lose this time. And here was the one. It was brought up many times on Twitter. Going back to 2017, the last five seasons, Utah was 0-8 when giving up 200 yards or more rushing. Florida got off to a great rushing start. I was keeping an eye on that 200 yards rushing. Florida well over with 283, so now make that 0-9 for Utah. Going back to 2017 when they give up 200 yard, 200 or more yards rushing. There was some interesting stats there to go back and take a look at and see how it all played out. We knew Rising was dangerous with his legs. Last year showed us that. Even more dangerous last night. No interceptions on the road last year. Florida ends the game with one on Rising. Third down, third down conversion percentage was so important for Utah. It gave a good indication. You know, that, something was going to have to give there, though, right? Florida had more than 200 yards rushing. Utah had greater than 50% third down conversion. Something was going to have to give there. And luckily, thankfully, maybe thankfully, not luckily, Florida didn't win this game because of luck. Thankfully, The uh, 200 or more yards rushing was a stat that played out in the end, giving the Gators the victory. So I'm going to go back to offense, and I talked about explosive plays, and I want to dive into those just a little bit more because just how important it was for Florida in the rushing game. And that's where, especially for this style of offense, you're going to want your you're going to want a lot of explosive plays. But, you know, we've, you know, Florida just struggled in hitting the explosive plays in the run game the last few seasons. And with this offensive line, great game by those guys. We knew they were going to be counted on. We knew they were going to have to take over. I mean, we saw you know, the, the Swamp play a factor as well. Gainesville weather play a factor as well. Utah players puking on the sideline. Saw guys cramp up. I didn't see any Florida players cramping up, by the way. Now, if I missed that, you, you have to remind me. I don't remember seeing it. And I remember toward the end of the game, and I don't, I don't think Utah guys were faking it. They were cramping up there at the end. <clears throat> but we knew Florida in this offensive line. Florida was going to have to lean on those guys in this game. You had an advantage there. Inexperienced front. Defensive line and linebacker for Utah. Very experienced front for the Gators along the offensive line in a deep running back room. We saw it play out that way. But also in the form of explosive plays in the Gators' rushing attack. Ten explosives, 186 yards gained on these explosive 
So Florida, um, uh, the stats they released during the game defines a big rushing play as 10-plus yards. Florida had 10 of those. I'm just going to go down and how important they were. 19 yards, Anthony Richardson rush. 14 yards. This is the first drive, of course, but Anthony Richardson, 19. Naquan Wright, 14. ETN was the first time we see him, 19 yards. Then, of course, the 45-yard touchdown run for Anthony Richardson on the, on the broken pass play. ETN, 17. Montreux Johnson, 11. Montreux Johnson, 16. Montreux Johnson, 14-yard touchdown. ETN, 21-yard run. It's the one he fumbled on, but <laughs> we're... You know, it, was a, it was a big run. He, he fumbled them, but he both fumbles by Florida. One, of course, Montreal lost too. It was a big run. So these guys got to do better, of course. You know, you know that's going to be Jaluk. Got his, got his work cut out for him this week, or these running backs do too. And you know, some ball security drills. And Montreal, the way he carries the ball, I was keeping an eye on it. it that worries me a little bit. He holds it out there a little bit. But that 21-yard run by Trevor Etienne, and a 10-yard run, Montreal Johnson, late in the game. Uh, only, as I mentioned, for Richardson, not really pressing the ball down the field too much. Uh, only four explosive plays. Only four passes of 15-plus yards. Four of those went for 69 yards gain. 23-yarder, 15-yarder, 15-yarder, 16-yarder. So the longest pass play of the game, 23 yards. I'm, like, I'm not too, too worried uh, about that. We know Billy Napier's style, uh, play action, trying to hit some deep balls. So as I said, I'm going to try and maybe diagnose that a bit on a rewatch. I mean, I could, could see it from the press box that yeah, they tried it a few times. But something, you know, definitely, definitely keep an eye on. But there we go. I definitely had to look at the explosives. You know, for me, just so important. Uh, I want to go to some advanced stats, too, that I saw. First down, third down. The mentioned Florida was 12, uh, 7 to 12, third down. Average distance, 5.8 yards to go. Which is kind of weird, because if you go to first down, Florida gained 6.7 yards on first down for the night. Now, that makes me now wonder, was that big play passing uh, the 45-yard run? Was that a first? Was that, I wonder if that was first down. Let's see. I'll go back and look now. Nope, second down. Okay, so the average isn't boosted by that. So Florida... 6.7 yards on first down. That's pretty good. Almost picking up seven yards of first down, on first down. And it sets you up for a lot of success. One more, though, I wanted to look at, because I remember going back and looking at this. Third and shorts. And they define that third and short as one to four yards. Florida was five for five in third and short. 
this physical brand, being able to, to run the ball, really, really paid off there. That was, yeah, third and short. Utah was five of seven, and we know where they struggled at a bit there. Well, it's interesting, though. I kept going back. No sacks for either team. And Utah only gave up 13 last year, so knew it wasn't going to be easy. Their quick passing attack, their style of play, not really setting up for many chances at a sack. Florida rush, I think it was five pressures, I believe, for Florida. No sacks there. But for the defense here, uh, Trey Dean, Britton Cox, both set career highs with 12 and 10 tackles, respectively. Up and down day, of course, uh, for, for the defense, uh, for some of those experienced guys. Tackling up and down day there, too. Definitely lots of contact. I mean, it seemed like once they were in position to make the tackle, there wasn't many just bowled over. Something else I want to go back and maybe look at a bit more. Shamar James, Tyreek Sapp, Kamari Wilson, Miguel Mitchell, Chris McClellan, Devin Moore all made their debuts. Devin Moore, I don't know if you guys saw this or if you missed it or not. Devin Moore, was the true freshman, was on the field the last play of the game where Amari Bernie picked off Cam Riley. Devin Moore was on the field in that moment. The most, of course, important drive of the game. Very, very big moment. And you got a true freshman out there. We already mentioned ETN. Credit. We, we heard Devin Moore's name a whole lot to start fall camp. Jalen Kimber was out there too. I believe he had a pass breakup. But yeah, despite not sacking the quarterback, Florida registered five quarterback hits. And it, yeah, as I mentioned, going back and looking at this to as I said, the start of the game for the defense, Florida held Utah to seven rushing yards on three carries in the first quarter. I mean, only three carries to start with, but at least they, as I said, they, they came out second half, boom, 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 boom. Luckily, they didn't start the game that way. One takeaway versus Utah. Florida's defense now has produced 79 turnovers since 2018. It doesn't seem like it, but ranks third in the SEC and tied for 27 in college football in FBS. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not a lot from the tight ends. I mentioned Zipper with the one catch. I know uh, we had you know, Dante Xanders and the feel-good story there. Not a whole lot as far as catching the ball goes.
Amanda. Highlights. Anthony Richardson. That was nice. Living up. There was a lot of a lot of pressure on him. Stepping in. Second career start. Big game to open it up with. But Billy Napier even said at the press conference, um, at the press conference, that two-point conversion play, he said, Richardson has done something, basically that same exact style of play in practice a couple weeks ago. Napier went on to say about Richardson, the one thing I can tell you about Anthony is that he is sitting in that locker room right now and he's thinking about probably the six or eight plays that he could have done a little bit better. That's what I love about him. He is very critical of himself. He's an unbelievable competitor. We all know the kid has got physical talent. We've known that for a long time, but what has impressed me is his work ethic, his discipline, his detail. He's a good teammate. He's a great example. He's selfless. This kid has been in the spotlight for a long time. You may worry that would affect him. I think that's made him a better person. I think he, being from Gainesville, I think he realizes the platform and the opportunity of the example that he can set in the building and also in the community. Anthony's going to stay humble. That's his first start in the swamp. He's going to continue to improve. I'm certainly thankful we got him. The one really only bad decision, you know, and it stands out. I mean, the forced throw to, I believe it was shorter, it went high, almost picked off. And those were the type of throws we saw last year in certain situations for Richardson. But that was about it as far as those, ee, <laughs> those, those type of plays. Napier went on to say about the team, this group's got fighting them. I think I've said that publicly. It's the one thing about our team. They compete. I've got to slow them down sometimes. I can remember a good friend of mine when he took the job who had worked here before. He said, the kids at Florida are the most competitive kids that I've been around. I would agree with them. They got a little bit of different edge about them. The execution wasn't always what we wanted out there. We got so much work to do. That's what I'm thinking about. We're very fortunate to overcome many mistakes tonight, but the intangibles that the team showed, they continued to respond and to rise up there at the end to make a play. We got work to do. We won a game. We're going to enjoy it. Then we're going to turn the page tomorrow and get ready for SEC play. Kentucky up next week. It is for sure to be in a, another electric atmosphere will certainly be better because of what happened versus Utah. Enjoy this one. We know what's coming up next week. Um, very similar style of play. Now, Kentucky, we'll see what happens with Chris Rodriguez and if he's going to be suspended for this game. So Utah will bring a running back that's very good. Will Levis, to me, I'm just not sold. He's not Cam Rising. I think Cam Rising, the quarterback from Utah, we saw last night in the swamp, is a better quarterback. Better, Better college quarterback. I know Levis is getting a whole bunch of draft love. College quarterback, I mean, this is even before what we saw last night. I'm just not that high on Will Levis, and now especially compared to what we saw from Cam Rising. And Kentucky doesn't have those weapons at tight end that Utah has either. So, I mean, very similar style of play. I'm not sitting here saying just because Florida. 
beat Utah. Florida will beat Kentucky. That's not how football works all the time. Now, I was picking it before the season, even before, that I like Florida over Utah. I mean, well, Utah and Kentucky. So we'll see how that plays out. But Florida, very physical matchup already. Didn't seem to be too beat up injury-wise. Now, I'm sure after playing that game, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball and in the trenches on offense, those, uh, those guys are probably hurting the built right now. They'll be using those all those new bells and whistles in the new facility. They will get, get their use today, I'm sure. But Florida already with a big-time physical in the spotlight game versus Utah now with what Kentucky coming off of what Miami of Ohio. So, all right, let me go to Gators Breakdown Plus. Ask the members there, their reaction from the big victory over Utah, heading to the Discord. Hoovy says our team has an edge again. The intangible stuff we liked under Mullen is back. And the penalties, of course, you know, the, the ones that stand out are the holding on kickoff. You know, Florida would not start in such a great field position because of those penalties. You want to get those cleaned up, of course. Fall start, you know, happen, and it happens. You're not going to be completely uh, clean. And also, I'm not going to judge too harsh on that right now. First game, of course. That could be just normal first game jitters, normal first game, trying to get every. All the kinks worked out. Now, we'll see. You know, Based off of last year, of course, we know it's an issue. Billy Napier has mentioned the penalties as an issue in fall camp as well. But that's about the only thing. The effort was there. I mean, even though Utah had some success, I think overall, we looked at the team, of course. You, know, you don't come out on top if you – in that – Atmosphere and that game and that style of play, you don't come out on top if you're not out there giving it y'all. It's not going to go perfect every time, and it's not going to go positive every time. Rooster, man, oh man, ETN is a strong runner or what? Also, love seeing the young guys play in key moments. Yep, there we go. Devin Moore play with a violent attitude, and AR is going to be the best athlete in almost every game. Yep, he was last night, and big difference. Southern Gators says, unbelievable atmosphere. AR is definitely worth the price of admission. Much respect to Utah. They are a very well-coached physical team, but if we can stay healthy, open up the passing game, more of this could be better than predicted. Georgia is the only team that is head and shoulders above us. Even Texas A&M has its flaws. Yeah, looking at last night's game versus Utah, and we got two months to figure this out. Um, defense play, defense of course is going to have to get better. May even have to play better versus Kentucky. As I said, just because you beat Utah doesn't mean you're going to beat Kentucky. Transitive property does not always work in college football. This is a, a team that's going to match up versus Florida, and I don't think they're going to match up as well across the board as Utah did. All those worries I had about Utah coming in in this game, the players we previewed and the players we were worried about, it played out that way. Kentucky does not have Utah's offense. I'll stand by that. Even if they go out there and win, it's not the same offense. I can probably say 
No. We'll have to look see how the game plays out, of course. But I think when it's all said and done, when this season's played out, I'm still going to go look at Utah game 12 and say, that offense is better than Kentucky's offense. There's some better matchups here for Florida versus Kentucky than there were versus Utah. But down the road, matchup-wise, Georgia really scares you about what they have at the skill position players, especially at tight end. Very, very, they can go they can go pretty deep like Utah there. Stetson Bennett was winging it all over the field versus Oregon. Has played very well since the playoff last year. That game's two months away, though. You know, we'll enjoy this one. But just, you know, of course, keep in the back of your mind, we'll have to, as this season progresses, where the improvements can be made on defense. Logan, 724, uh, yeah, 724 says AR is who we thought he was. Love that freshmen are getting to play. This team has grit. We're clearly tackling much better. Seem to revert it back in their old ways in the second half, though. Now, I guess we probably do have to go back to that second scrimmage as well with Billy Napier. Kind of let it be known. Gap control, gap integrity. Um, Maybe because we heard some big runs in that scrimmage as well from the Gator offense. You know, we'll see. I mean, uh, of course, as I mentioned, that Utah's offense is very good. It will be one of the best offenses Florida faces all year. I don't think the defense is going to be tested at that level week in and week out, so there's going to be some improvement there. But that was game one at the same time. These players learned so much last night. These coaches learned so much about the players last night. Who should be out there maybe more? Who should not be out there more? You always hear the old adage, and it probably gets used way too much, the improvement from game one to game two, but it is so true. You learn so much in a game situation that you didn't learn in four weeks of spring practice, in the four weeks of fall camp. It all culminates on a Saturday. You learn so much in that three-and-a-half-hour window about your team, more so <laughs> than, than, than the practice field. And just, of course, practice matters. I'm not saying it doesn't. But you got to go out there and perform at the same time. And it seems like a lot of the things that we were hearing in fall camp so far – Played out a little bit. I mentioned ETN earlier, but maybe on defense as well, you know, to go back to that second scrimmage. And I don't want to sit here and say Florida has it fixed. I mean, I thought the first half of defense was pretty good. It really was. So there is some potential there. There is something to at least look at. The response in the second half, you know, you want that to be better. But it's also not going to be instant fix. Just isn't. So what can Florida do to learn from Utah, apply that, and go take it forward to Kentucky next week as they come into the swamp and they're going to face a heck of an atmosphere too after that big victory by the Gators. Uh, Let's see. Gator Aiden says, I'm comfortable saying that last night was a top three game day experience in my life. AR definitely lived up to the hype and was one of the reasons, if not the main reason, we win this game. Defense still has some work to do. I think they'll develop as the season goes on, but they stepped up when they really needed to, which I think will breed way more confidence. Fantastic game to be at. The student section was rocking like always and just can't wait for the rest of the season. 
because these games are only going to get bigger. Also, shout out to the ball skills by Amari Bernie on that interception yesterday. Very impressive ability to make that play. And good for him, too. As I said, yes, of course he struggled in the game yesterday covering those tight ends. A lot of people are. But credit to him, too. I mean, there's a lot of questions. Then you have to learn to play linebacker here in college and in the first game of the Billy, Billy Napier loves some Amari Bernie. I, I can tell you that much. Patrick Tony loves him some Amari Bernie. Let's let, I'll let, I'm, you know, yes, the questions are still there. And I didn't think they were really going to be answered versus Utah just because of the matchup. It was a big matchup issue versus Florida. It really was. Instead of coming in, I, it played out that way. That's probably why I'm not even so down on the second half of defense just because. I mean, the game basically played out like I thought it would. So if it plays out like I thought it would, what do I, what am I disappointed about? Not really. It's, I expected it. But now at the same time, I expect the defense to get better. We goes on. We, I, I don't expect those. I don't expect tight end after tight end week after week to have that type of success. Now we got to make sure that doesn't happen. Are we a little jaded? Or uh, I'm, I'm, my bad. I don't want to speak for you. Am I a little jaded just because Florida won? And no, I mean, I, I'm looking at it. Yeah, I, yes, there were issues in the second half on defense, but the issues were kind of what I expected in Game One versus Utah. As you, as as Gatorade says here, they stepped up when they needed to on defense. So big credit there. Could have easily folded many many a times. Bubba says, Devin Moore and ETN are going to be long-term ball players for us. It's been a lot of years since we've had multiple freshmen who could come in, contribute week one. Super excited to see young guys showing out. Big Josh 92-93 says, best game I have ever been to. Made the trip from Nashville. Worth it. It was also exciting seeing their freshmen play too. God, we have a coach who favors talent over seniority. So a couple comments there about that atmosphere, and of course, it, it, it started Friday night, it rolled in Friday night, went to the Gator Collective event. Kudos, Gator Jen there for, and, and Alan out there as well, uh, for putting that event together. It was so much fun seeing some of the former players, some of the current student athletes and the other sports out there. Really, really good event, good hangout, and the atmosphere you know, built off of that. But it was good seeing... Ernest and Miles Graham show up. Uh, Zach Carter showing up. Major rights. Uh, interacting with the fans uh, there at the, at the Gator Collective event. It was really special uh, to, to, to see all that interaction. I, I started seeing people there, having some nice conversations uh, with a lot of people there. And that continued in to the big, gigantic, huge, huge tailgate there at Harmonic Woods there on Saturday. Thanks for everybody, either bo- both days, Friday and Saturday, stopping by, saying hello if you tailgated with us yesterday, I'm pretty sure it lived up <laughs> to the, the expectation we put out there. A whole lot of fun was had. That's, uh, that's what it's about, the camaraderie of, uh, of college football. And it was on full display outside of the stadium, Friday, Saturday, and, of course, inside the stadium. It was just a fun day. Fun to see everybody enjoying themselves like that. Yeah, something else. Uh, let's see. 
Jimmy West, hopefully I'm breaking that down right. Thought Hendo actually did a good job getting tough yards on those screens. Yeah, I mean, that was – he would, you could tell – I mean, they moved him in motion a lot. You know, they were – most of the time, him in motion, basically identifying what kind of coverage Utah was going to be. And we know they like to play man anyway, so it wasn't a surprise to see them trailing Henderson. But that was something I noticed, of course, towards him. But at the same time, yeah, you could tell he was the receiver they like in those situations. They pick up some tough yards. We'll see what it, it what grows off of that. I think there's something there growing off of that. Uh, but I'd like to see Henderson downfield a bit more, too. Uh, let's see. John Unra, heck of a win. AR is that dude. ETN's going to be a star. I really like this offense, but you can tell we don't have the kind of talent Napier wants at wide receiver for the scheme. Defense, I thought, played pretty well. Would have liked adjustments made for 80, but shutting down everyone besides him may have been the game plan. All right. Here we go. Gators Breakdown Plus members, thanks so much for being members and sending those thoughts in. Everybody, once again, here on YouTube, lots and lots of views. But that comment section is on fire. Uh, I can see it <laughs> right here. So everybody, thank you so much. All the, all the normals in here, I see just even recently, George, Hardwired, Brian, Chris, you guys, regulars out there, casual, thank you so much. You guys, it don't really matter what time, huh? It's, uh, you're in here. Thanks. Thanks so much for the support being in here. Brian Q. Everybody. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad to see this conversation happening here. A lot of, a lot of excitement. We deserve it, right? After last year, we, uh, we know we know what I want. We know what we, we we know what we want from our football team. And I think we uh, think we got a pretty good glimpse into the Billy Napier era. Like I said, you hope this is something you can build on. I mean, confidence has got to go. Confidence got to mean something here too. Like this was a. You know, as far as the, from the players go, now this is not a referendum on Billy Napier's career by any stretch of the imagination. I mentioned that earlier in the episode, but at least for these players, a referendum maybe for them, if there was any question. Now, I'm not even saying there was, but if there was any, like, let's see how this, yeah, let's see how this comes together. You know, now we went out there and we proved it. We got a, we got a victory. And you got to think the buy-in now is just, Oh, so high. If there was any question of any buy-in, it's got to be pretty much a race now, right? Hopefully that goes on to mean something. Of course, that means you got to show up on, on next Saturday as well. You can't just roll over. I don't believe they will. Yeah, but everybody, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, of course, man, probably could keep this going, but... Uh, Got some things to go do. <laughs> Enjoy this uh, Labor Day weekend a bit. 
But yeah, thank you so much. All the conversation. Thanks for stopping by once again. If you could stop by, say hello. Too many of you to, to name there, <laughs> of course. Uh, had, had, had a really good time. Had some really good conversations. Uh, thanks for stopping by, saying hello. Means a, it means a whole lot. means a whole lot. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Gators beat Utah 29-26. Billy Napier's first victory as Gators head coach. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.